What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 66 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison, and today I bring on the head coach of Army West Point Wrestling, Kevin Ward. Coach Ward, you're entering your ninth season at the helm of Army West Point. How are things going down in the Hudson Valley? Well, Dylan, I appreciate you asking. It's great to be here and chat Army Wrestling with you. Um, yeah, things are going well. So we're chatting here. It's like early September, which means school's been in session for a couple weeks. Our, our guys have been back on campus for about the past month or so, um, which uh, it's an exciting time for us. It keeps us busy in all the right ways. So um, there's no complaints here, man. It's um, this time of the year. Everybody looks great. Everybody's healthy. Um, everybody's doing great academically. So it's an exciting time in the wrestling season. How are the plebes adjusting to being on post? Uh, for most of you who don't know, a plebe is the first-year cadet, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, a plebe is is a freshman at West Point. I'm trying to I'm trying to get my uh, terminology down. I know when I had Coach Green on about a year ago, um, I mean, I didn't really understand some of the terms. And of course, listening to more uh, podcasts and interview of our Army guys, um, you know, I'm catching up on some of that stuff. But you know, you return to NCAA qualifier and Ben Pasuik, and you get another EIWA place winner back with Richard Trainer. You have a full team of leaders on your team, you know, at Army West Point. But, you know, who do you look to this year to be some of your your warlords, if you will, um, some of the squad leaders? Yeah, really good question. Um, and uh, and I think the the answer to that, you know, is, is kind of in progress every day. But, um, you know, I think uh, with Ben Pazook, who you mentioned, he's obviously our most credentialed guy and probably the highest ranked guy right now. Um, and he's a natural leader and he does everything right. So he's a, a fantastic example for us to point to. Um, so I think without question, you know, he's kind of the example on the team right now, but um, he's certainly not the only one. Um, you know, himself, uh, Christian Hunt, who is, uh, is a firstie, which is a senior at West Point. Um, Nate Lucas, Matt Williams have all kind of um, kind of risen to the top, you know, and, and as far as guys who are, are leading by example on the team. So they'll be our team captains this year. Um, we're excited about that. But, you know, there's others, too. There's Saham Abdul-Razak, who's a senior. Paul Robinson is a senior. These guys have been around a long time. They know what it looks like to put in the work and do things the right way. So, you know, we're looking for them to continue to set an example. And, and be quite honest, you know, we're looking for some younger guys that aren't waiting for permission that are, you know, you don't have to be a junior or senior to lead by example. You know, we've got some young guys in here that um, that can do it too. Dalton Harkins is a sophomore, you know, but he did it last year as a freshman. He led by example. And um, we need some more young guys to step up and, and, and be leadership on the team before they're juniors and seniors in college. I don't want to talk to or take this back to the, your days at Oklahoma State. Um, you know, this season we're headed to Tulsa for the NCAAs. It's the first time the NCAAs have been back in Oklahoma since you've been a part of a Division One program anyways. Uh, you know, last time being your senior year when you were, you know, at Oklahoma State, you were uh, with the Cowboys. You guys won the fourth straight team title back in 2006. I was there that year. You know, how excited are you to be able to get back to Oklahoma for NCAAs? Well, I think it's cool. Uh, my kids are really excited because they've got some cousins that live in Oklahoma. So that's – We've told them in March, you know, you get to go see your family. My wife is from Pawhuska, Oklahoma. Her family still live in Stillwater and, and around Stillwater. So um, for us, it's kind of like we get to go home and see some family. And listen, they love wrestling in, in Oklahoma. So I expect there to be some, you know, some rowdy fans. Um, they like wrestling and they like to have a good time. You know, like any NCAA tournament, um, the fans uh, keep the, 
the bars and restaurants around the place running nonstop. So I expect it to be a rowdy crowd. They're going to have a good time. They love good wrestling. And for us, you know, we'll go wrestle on Mars if we have to. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's exciting um, to be able to go to a place where, you know, I think they're going to make the student athletes feel pretty welcome and supported there in Oklahoma. Yeah. Like I mentioned, I, in 2006, I went, so that would have been your uh, senior year. You guys won yeah. in 2003, 2004, 2005, and 2006. Um, I was a big Iowa, Iowa fan, um, but, you know, so the, the buzz around Steve Mockle coming to Stillwater. Tell me about that. Dude, that was so, um, I mean, obviously that was a big deal. I, I think in this day and age, um, transfers much more common, but it's hard to describe. Like, it's hard to put in context how big of a deal that was because here's a national champ. It's like however many guaranteed points that is at the national tournament, you know, transferring to a powerhouse team. Can you imagine that happening today? Like um, it's it, how we communicate and how information is available has changed so much in the last 15 or 20 years. Um, it's hard to, you know, overstate how big of a deal that was. Um, I remember, I think we were at a, a camp. Um, I was doing a camp with, it was me, Shane Roller and Jake Rocholt. And we were like driving back from a camp we did together in, in Texas. And we got the news and we were like, we got to call him. Like, you know, like, this is big time. Um, and um, so I actually remember sitting in the car there, like driving back from Texas and, and us getting the news that Mako was coming. Um, that was a big deal. And he made a big impact on the team right away. Um, I guess that's not a surprise to anybody. But, um, yeah, that was awesome. And, and um, as ferocious like of a competitor as he was on the mat, you know, him and his entire family were like equally as, as gracious and generous you know, off the mat. Um, they were just a lot of fun to be around a unique family, but they like immediately, you know, they, um, they embraced Oklahoma state wrestling and everyone that was involved in it. So I couldn't say enough good things about that family. Yeah. I saw Steve and talked to him a little bit out in Fargo, um, I guess two months ago now, but yeah, he's a good guy. I mean, obviously pretty scary dude on the mat, but you know, if you get to know him, he's, he's a pretty good guy. You know, having said that, you've been a part of four national title teams. You know, what's some of your favorite memories from your time down in Stillwater? Um, great question. Um, I think, you know, in, in, in the moment, um, you know, winning at Oklahoma State is expected. And, um, and I, you know, myself, I would say probably all of us there may, may have taken for granted just how special it was to be on the teams that we were on. Um, one of my regrets, you know, when I look back at my career is, um, you know, we didn't celebrate nearly enough, to be honest with you. It was like, you know, okay, you won a match, you won a tournament, you you guys won the, the national tournament. Okay, get ready to, to go win the next one. Um, and so, you know, in the moment, maybe we didn't celebrate or appreciate everything that we did. Um, you know, looking back on it now, I can recognize it was it was pretty special to be a part of those teams that that made history. Um, and so, but I think more than anything, you know, I think back at the, the time we spent together, the friends I made, like, I mean, we got to travel the country and, and compete against the other top teams and in, in the country. And I mean, what more could you ask for out of life? You know, you get to travel the country trying to prove that you're one of the best there is. Um, so it was a pretty fun four years. Yeah. Talking about, I mean, Oklahoma state a little bit more, John Smith's coaching tree has been anywhere from seven to nine head coaches in the past few years yeah. um, at division one colleges, you know, and a lot more assistant coaches, but I've seen pictures on uh, Twitter that you guys jump on zoom calls together. Now, how often do you do that? And you know, how nice is it to have a brotherhood to, you know, bounce ideas off of each other? 
Well, we all get along. Um, so they're like, you know, it's, it's, they're genuine relationships. None of it's forced. You know, we don't just talk to each other just because we all wore the same color singlet in college. Um, like we all really like each other. We're still buddies and, and, and life is busier now. We all have families and I'm talking about guys my age, you know, we all have families and our own kids and life is busier. So we don't get together as often as we would like, but, um, I mean, it's, it's just, it's pretty cool that we have that. Now we all have these different experiences where I, you know, I can call up Neil at Little Rock or, you know, Coleman, who's at North Carolina. And I mean, this summer we went and trained um, in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I stayed with Papalizio for a few days. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's unique in that um, we all left Stillwater, which is not an easy place to leave. Um, and, um, and we all left on good terms, you know, with each other. It's like, I've seen some other schools and when somebody leaves, they all hate each other. Um, you know, but with, with, with our crowd, we all left and we are doing our own thing now, but we all really get along and support each other. So no, it's not lost on me how cool that is. It, it's pretty unique and, and not every program can say that. So um, yeah, we're pretty fortunate that we have a, a pretty tight group that continue to support each other. Yeah. Like you mentioned, going down to Raleigh to, uh, train with NC State this year. I mean, obviously, it's nice to see them on the schedule, right, because you have the connection with Pat. Um, and then, of course, Scott Green has a connection with him as well from uh, their time at Binghamton, but um, as well as the Oregon State duel, too. So, I mean, it's it's great to see the Oklahoma State alums kind of getting together for some duels. Uh, so talking about some of your mentors now, you're in the coaching career. Um, like I said, this is your ninth season at uh, the helm of Army, and you also coach at the Division Two level, too. So who are your mentors growing up through coaching? Well, I think, you know, that kind of, um, that answer has changed a little bit over the, fa- over the past few years. Obviously, when I, when I got started coaching, what most young coaches do is, you know, you, you coach pretty similar um, in, in, in a way that you were coached as a student athlete. So, you know, I mean, I look back and I was, there'd be times there my first season when I'm thinking like, all right, what would John do? You know, cause I didn't know the answers. And I was like, okay, we got to try to figure this out. Um, and then you kind of find your own style, you know, as, as, as the more you get to know yourself as a coach. Um, but I mean, obviously my influence is there. I was coached by, you know, John and Pat Smith, Mark Branch, Eric Grow, Jamil Kelly, um, you know, Mark Cody had a big impact on me. He was only the, he was only there for one year that I was there, but I just really appreciated and, and respected Mark Cody. And that's somebody that I looked up to when I was started to get into coaching. Um, you know, and I've been lucky, you know, as well. Like I have, you know, peers now that I can, that I can call and, and, and we're all trying to do the same thing. We're all division one head coaches, but um, you know, I can call them for advice and, um, and bounce ideas off of as well. So, man, I've, I've been really lucky in, in the, you know, the types of people that are willing to, to answer my phone calls and, and talk wrestling or business or whatever it is. Greg Hatcher had an enormous impact on me when I was in the state of Arkansas coaching. And, um, you know, just, I mean, there's, there's too many to list really guys that have been willing to give me advice and help me out. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been fortunate to have a lot of really good mentors, a lot of really good friends. Speaking of one of them, um, you know, I've got to bring up Scott Green. I had him on for, I believe, episode 47. Uh, which was, I think, back in last September, um, okay. you know, you know what he did at Wyoming Seminary was pretty special. Um, you know, his track record of recruiting kids and developing them, not only on the mats, but building team culture and developing them off the mats, you know, to become better people as well. How how has it been to have him on post for just, just over a year now? Yeah. Um, hey, you do have your lingo down. You said on post. That's pretty yes. good. Most people oh, yeah. would say like on base or on campus. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, he's yeah. been uh, he's been here with us on staff. Um, 
just over a year. He's been incredible. Um, you know, even better than I thought. Now, obviously, you know, I knew he was a great coach. You can't do what he did and coach the caliber guys that he has to the success that they've had without being a really good coach. Um, so I expected that. Um, and, um, you know, I guess maybe the, the most pleasant um, surprise, and I don't know if it's a surprise, but, um, but it's a benefit is, you know, I just, we really do kind of like um, balance each other out pretty well. Um, we both want the same thing. We have different approaches to doing it. We communicate in different ways, but we can stay on the same page. Um, and so I think for the guys on the team, that's, that's really beneficial for me. It's beneficial. Um, he's got a wealth of experience. He knows the sport inside and out, loves it. He lives it. And um, he's passionate about making army wrestling better every single day. So, I mean, he's knocked it. We knocked it out of the park when he agreed to come here and take this job. So like coach green, um, you also become to the division one coaching scene from a unique place. You know, you're the head coach at Wachita Baptist where you were the 2014 NCAA division two coach of the year. You know, having built that program up down in Arkansas, you know, not only with the success on the map, but I know there was a lot of fundraising success as well. Um, you know, there was that gap year between you being an assistant coach, grad assistant at Oklahoma State to being the head coach at Wachita. Um, talk about, you know, what made you want to kind of jump back into coaching um, after that gap that you took? Yeah, there was like two or three gap years, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know what it was, two, three, four years. But OK, so um, when I got out of grad school, I was thinking like, OK, wrestling had really been the only thing that had driven every decision I'd ever made. I went to school based on wrestling, you know, like um, I stayed in grad school because I wanted to stay around the program. Um, wrestling had been the most important thing in my life. And I thought, okay, let me get away from wrestling for a little bit. Um, and I did, I was fortunate enough. I, I had a couple of different jobs. Um, and, um, but honestly, you know, my last, my last year working at, at an oil and gas company, but I was, you know, spent, four of the days of the week in a cubicle, I was like, this just isn't for me. Like I, I just, I could not be motivated every day to go in there and sit in that cubicle and, and help make money, you know, for like, let's build pipelines and make somebody money. It just didn't fire me up. Um, and I missed the daily pursuit of doing something that, um, that I loved. And, um, and that's what, you know, it was good timing for me because I wasn't married, no kids. Um, you know, so I, I could afford to take one of those, lower paying coaching jobs and get back into the sport. And that's what I did. And, and I'm like, you know, it, it's the story is almost unbelievable, you know, cause it's nobody goes from working in oil and gas to being a head division two coach, to being a head coach at West point, you know, four years later. Um, it's insane the way it worked out, but um, you know, I got away from the sport of wrestling. I've benefited a lot from my time away, but I really missed that, uh, that feeling of, you know, chasing something every single day. Um, you can't find it outside of athletics. People have tried. So, I mean, that's why people love sports. That's why we stay involved in them for the rest of our lives. And um, I'm glad I was lucky enough to get back into the sport. Yeah. So you kind of, uh, you, I mean, you definitely have an impact on the wrestlers that you've coached, whether it's down there in Arkansas or up here at West Point. Um, you know, up at West Point, though, you have some of the, you have one of the biggest rosters in the country. I know. I had John Clark on one of my first episodes. Of course, Sacred Heart has a big roster. <clears throat> but, you know, you guys have a huge roster down there at West Point. Um, what do you do to help build the culture? And, like, how important is it to have interactions and connections with each of the guys? I know – I don't know if it was an interview that I saw or a news clipping or what it was, but, you know, you, you talked about the drip-by-drip method, uh, which I 
remembered and then, you know, what you praise and what you punish. Um, like you mentioned, though, there's a few things that you learn from coaches that you kind of want to adapt, you know, or kind of bring on board. Um, I, I really thought of the what you praise and what you punish was was huge. Well, I mean, I think it's it's the most important thing that you do. And, and OK, so to be honest, like I'm probably better talking about it than I am doing it in real life, you know, because in, in, in real life, it's really hard. Um, you know, you got a roster of 45, 50 guys and you got a job and it requires time in the office and you got to spend time in the wrestling room and you got three kids at home and they want your time, too. Um, so, I mean, I'm not an expert at it at all. We've had some success because I, I think it's important, but it, I mean, it's a daily like it, it takes daily maintenance to, to have the culture the way you want it, um, where we've had a great culture at times. And we've had times like, you know, last year that I didn't think was very great and um, or not even very good, to be honest. And then this year, I feel much better about where we're at um, as far as mindset and attitude of of the team. Um, but, yeah, that's I mean, it's everything that we do. You know, the, the culture is like you know, that's the, the shadow cast upon the program that kind of dictates every decision that people make um, based on what they expect, you know, what we expect of them, what they expect of themselves. And it's, um, it's like I say, it, it's, it's by far the most important thing that we do is, is shape our culture. And there's a lot that goes into that. A lot of that goes into it as well as with the coaching staff, right? I mean, so we mentioned Scott Green and the impact he's had on West Point. Um, but, you know, the, you also have the addition of two assistant coaches with Taylor Venz and Ian Parker, um, as well as the director of wrestling operations, Jeff Brees. You know, Venz being a five-time NCAA qualifier and All-American back in 2018 for Nebraska. And Parker was four-time NCAA qualifier for Iowa State. You know, with these two bringing a lot of knowledge in from the Big Ten and Big 12 scene, um, you know, how the additions of those two. And then, of course, the new position that was filled by Jeff Reese. We absolutely crushed it. I cannot tell you, you know, how well it's worked out. Um, and it's so important, you know, that the entire staff is on the same page as far as the way they want to communicate, the examples they want to set, what the expectations they set. Because, OK, so when I was the head coach at Washtenaw Baptist, my first three years, I was the only coach. And my last year, I had a graduate assistant. Um, it was a lot easier to set the culture of a place, you know, when you're the only coach, because you're the only person that has interactions with them. And, um, but it's not sustainable. Like you can't be a one man show. There's no way I could do what I did then at this point in my life. I just, life is too busy. And, you know, I was working 18 hours a day or whatever then like, but you can't do that now. Um, so it's so important that you have staff that are on the same page and, uh, and these guys get it. Vins and Parker and Brees, like, you know, they know, um, Vins and Parker, you would think they've been coaching for five years already. Um, and Brees has as much experience as I do. So he gets it. Um, yeah, they made a big impact already. The technique part of it. Yeah, that's fine. But anybody, you can go on YouTube or flow, or you can go anywhere and watch technique any day. You know, you don't have to be an expert to find good technique. Um, mm -hmm. But it's hard to find really good examples and, and good people. But um, we crushed it with hiring these three guys. They've been incredible. So with those two and Scott being still new to uh, the coaching staff, you know, I, I learned a lot from Scott last year. But, you know, what are some of the biggest misconceptions you you guys deal with with recruiting future cadets? Oh, my gosh. OK, so from, you know, we were just having this conversation earlier and, um, you know, some kid that we were recruiting said, you know, I'm not sure if the um, the academy lifestyle is for me. 
Um, and I'm like, well, does it, you know, he hasn't been here on campus yet. You know, let's talk about what that lifestyle is. What, you don't like to, to get up and work out and go to class and then work out in the afternoon and do homework and go to bed and do it again? Um, if you don't like doing those things, you know, well, guess what? Division one wrestling is not for you either. And, um, you know, so that's, I, I guess the common misconception is people think that every minute of their life is scripted here. It's not. And they think that West Point is full of people that just grew up just dreaming of going into the army. When the reality of it is, you know, we have a team, let's say our team is 50 people, you know, 45 of them never really heard of West Point until they started looking at our wrestling program. And so our wrestling program is full of wrestlers just like you and me. You know, these are guys that, that want to win national titles. They're willing to do whatever it takes. And they understand that one day when their wrestling career is done, they want to have a springboard into some other opportunities. They, they're not going to be a wrestler. You know, they can't wrestle for the rest of their life. Um, and a place like West Point opens up some pretty amazing opportunities when you decide to hang the shoes up. And, um, you know, the more we get the word out, the more we're able to explain to people, you know, what, what we're about and how we do things, then the better our team gets. But um, that's been easier over the past few years. Um, but there's still, the you know, some pretty common misconceptions out there without a doubt. Yeah, I know talking about some of the alumni that came from Army West Point, Scott, we kind of talked about that mis misconception last year, which – I mean, some of the alumni are just mind blowing um, who has walked on camp or who's walked on post rather um, down in West Point. But let's kind of get into the schedule a little bit. There are four of the top 10 teams from uh, last year's NCAAs on your schedule for this upcoming season. Uh, the big one is Iowa Hawkeyes. They come to town November 17th. Um, just talk about the events leading up to that duel last year where you guys wrestled in Carver Hawkeye. I know yeah. Army West Point, earned, they, you guys earned a lot of respect and uh, a lot of fans from deciding to step up last year. Well, I appreciate that, and I hope those fans will continue to support us. Um, yeah, so last year we are we're in Ames, Iowa, because we're going to wrestle. We're going to duel Iowa State and then wrestle in the Cyclone Open um, the next day. So this was like, um, I think we wrestled on a Saturday for the duel meet. On Friday night, we get a call saying, "Listen, Oregon State can't make it. They have travel issues." We this is Tom Brands calling Scott Green and, and, and Brand says we we need a team. Will you guys come and wrestle us? Um, and if you do, we're coming back to your place the next year. And and so our mind was made up immediately. And uh, we were like, let's go. This is uh, what an opportunity. Um, and then uh, and Dresser was completely cool about it. I was like, hey man, we're gonna have to take ten people out of your tournament. And he was like, yep, it's fine. I get it. Um, we left it up to our team. We were like, hey, do you guys want? You know, we want you to make the decision. Do you, are you guys willing to go here and let, let's go wrestle on Sunday? And they said, hell yeah, let's do it. So, I mean, literally, you know, in the course of we put that dole meet together in about six or eight hours and um, and they agreed to come out here and, and didn't balk, not even, you know, not even close to it. They've been committed to coming out here ever since. So we have them at home on November 17th and we're looking to pack the arena, set an attendance record. Um you know, welcome them to town, and hopefully we put on a show for our fans. Talking about that uh, event last year, um, you know, I follow Stalemates, and I knew almost as soon as it was announced um, that you guys announced it at the hotel that, you know, of course the video from your trip to Ames last year was awesome as well that Zach and Tyler put together. But yeah. if you haven't checked it out, you guys should definitely go to YouTube. Um, it really highlights you guys training out there in Ames and then you breaking the news to the team. So, yeah, again, go to Stalemates on YouTube to check that out because it was, they did a really good job with that. Um, yeah, that so was speak 
I mean, like you could not script it. We had we had cameraman there, you know, so like yeah. it could not have been any better. And they did a good job. Um, they're awesome people at Stillmates, and then uh, right place, right time. And and I'm glad it was them that were there with us. They did a good job, and uh, and yeah, we were fortunate. We like we got a lot of publicity out of the deal. We earned a lot of respect, and and uh, hopefully we can keep those fans around. Yeah, no, absolutely. Tyler, uh, he does a great job behind the camera. I, I talked with him a little bit in Fargo, and. I would uh, consider him and Zach both friends um, in the wrestling world. But talking about a few of the other events on your schedule, just two months from today, we you guys host uh, Oregon State and LIU. And then further down the line, you guys also host Cornell. But one thing that caught my eye was a soldier salute in Coralville, Iowa. Uh, tell me about that one. Yeah, so, you know, this is a tournament that um, a, a group tried to put together a couple of years ago or was it last year Midlands got canceled? Yeah. Last, it was just last year um, with Midlands being canceled, um, you know, really left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. I'll just speak for myself. I didn't, I didn't, nobody liked that Midlands got canceled. Um, I know that Um, just the way things went down, you know, got me thinking that, man, there has to be a better way. And um, if there's a better opportunity for our team, we're going to look at all options this time of year. Um, and this is a better opportunity. I mean, this group that's putting this event together, the Soldier Salute, it's going to be in Coralville, Iowa, December, I think, 29th and 30th. Um, mm-hmm. They want to put on an event for the athletes and 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 actually make it an event for fans. Um, so it intrigued me that, look, we get, you know, a high-quality field together, almost entirely Division One, if not entirely, and uh, a brand new state of the art arena connected to hotels like it's 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 going to it's going to be a lot better for the student athlete involved. Um, and I think they'll feel, you know, the atmosphere and they'll feel like what it's like to compete in a brand new arena uh, with a group that really wants us to participate. And um, so, listen, when when Schamberger and Eustace pitched me their idea, I was like, I'm in. You guys are starting something new. You're doing something that the sport really needs. Now, listen, we need tradition and we need to hold on to those things, but we also need innovation and we need people that are willing to, to look at new ways of presenting, you know, the oldest sport in the world. So I just liked their approach. I um, was impressed by it. And early on, I said we're in and it's going to be an awesome field there um, in late December. Vaguely looked at some of the info that was um, online, which, I mean, it co-headlines uh, Army West Point, the Citadel and Virginia Military Institute. So it's great to see them. I didn't realize I didn't know if it was called a soldier salute last year or, or uh, but it's, you know, I, I knew that was kind of the tournament that they, they had up. Well, last yeah. Year. And, 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 you know, and they're making it a really important deal. They, they want to highlight the academies and schools that are service minded. Um, and uh, you know, a chance for our guys to go compete on a stage where they're being highlighted because, you know, they have um, the courage to, to volunteer and, and, and want to do something that not, you know, fewer than 1% of the population is going to do, which is serve their country in uniform. Um, these guys appreciate it. They want to highlight it. They've made it clear that they appreciate us and, um, and, and not just West Point, you know, you know, the other schools you mentioned as well. So, I mean, that's cool. You know, that's, that's, we appreciate that. And, um, and, and we're excited for that event excited whenever um, a guy from a military academy does well i know last year castro down at the citadel i think made it to the round of 12 um but you know and then army or uh, excuse me air force had the heavyweight that was seated pretty high as well but you know you're talking about some of the uh military academies your dual season ends with navy coming to town 
February 19th, I believe, is the duel. You know, with the new additions to the Army West Point coaching staff, and then, of course, Colot and company were anchored down in Annapolis. Both programs are on the rise. You know, talk a little bit about that rivalry. I know in your first year at Helm down at Army, you guys snapped a 17-year winless drought um, just in your first season. And then, of course, you won four straight. But talk about that rivalry and uh, what it means to NCAA wrestling. Well, it means a great deal to a lot of people. That's what makes it so special is that um, it really matters to a lot of people. And I, when I say a lot of people, I'm talking about thousands of people literally around the globe are going to be tuned into that match. You know, it doesn't matter where they're stationed. Um, you know, when, when those two schools compete against each other, it matters. And uh, it matters a great deal. And so the way I look at it is, you know, it's um, – and I explain it. So when I was at Oklahoma State, um, you know, our rival – that year was, you know, whoever was ranked second in the country or, you know, so it, it changed every year. If we were number one, our rival was whoever was ranked number two. Um, you know, here we get to compete in the rivalry that year after year, throw rankings out the window. That doesn't matter. I mean, every single year, this rivalry is important and it matters to everybody at both schools, not just the ones on the wrestling map, but it matters to everybody at both schools and everybody that's been a graduate of either school. And uh, how many people get to say they, they're able to compete in, uh, in a, a rivalry that means that much? You know, very few people can say it. So it's intense. It's competitive. Both teams really want to win. And um, it's a lot of fun uh, to have that type of rivalry. And it's, it's a really fun dual meet. I yeah, know it'd be awesome to have that rivalry kind of be as big as the Army-Navy uh, football games. Obviously, that's highlighted really well on ESPN and, you know, really well attended as well. But kind of thinking about growing duels. And I talked with the Stutzman about this last week. Um, and I know I, I kind of brought up Army. I, actually, I was talking to Scott Green about it, but the uh, Mincing Valley, uh, they're the Division One team state, team state champs for New York uh, for the large school. And then Tioga, uh, they're the team state champs, D2 returning. And they're both returning, you know, power, you know, hammers. But we we're talking about them dueling, and we we're trying to think of a, a good location, whether it was in Ithaca or whether it was in Hudson Valley. Um, you know, what are the logistics behind hosting a, a high school duel event, like especially a big one, um, on on post? Man, that's a, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, there's um, obviously like some compliance issues when you have recruitable athletes on campus, um, sure. but it can definitely be done. And, um, and shoot, I remember like some of the most intense atmospheres I was ever in when I was wrestling were, you know, ones that were held in high school gyms. Um, we've done that before. We've hosted a, a dual meet in a high school gym and, and they're rowdy. So you can, you can combine college and high school athletics. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, what an interesting idea. Um, you know, I, I think it starts with probably two people being willing to, to make it happen. And those two, those two people would have to be the head coaches of each program. They have to be willing to, to, uh, to make a dual meet like that happen. But that's a cool idea. Um, and you may have just created some more workforce here because we need to look into how can we make that happen and how can we make it happen here? Well, I know, you know, Cornell's done it, you know, in years past, whether they do it with Mike Gray as head coach or they, they've done it a lot with when Rob Cole was there, but um, it really brings a lot of, the people, right. That brings wrestlers to, to, uh, on campus. Well, in your case on post and, uh, you know, it draws them to the college wrestling scene. And then, 
Um, of course, they, they're, they're going to watch Army wrestling, and it, they're going to become fans and become fans of the sport of college wrestling and, of course, the university as well. So I think that would be a great idea. I know I, I'm going to bring that up to every coach that I really talk to on here. But, yeah, I, I think it would be awesome to, to see a duel there because, I mean, West Point is a beautiful place, right, right on the Hudson River. I know I got to get down there sometime. Well, come on, man. You got an open invite. Uh, I know, Scott. He told me to come down for the uh, Iowa duel. I know I definitely want to come down and, and uh, check that out or at least one of the duels on the schedule this year. But, um, you know, I I used to uh, make my commute. I used to work down in uh, Westchester County and I drove on nine, but I went through Garrison. So I never really got to experience, you know, West Point. But I, I've experienced some of the mountains that Scott Green's hiked in. And talking about how nice of an area that is down there, you know, what's your favorite part of the Hudson Valley? Oh man, um, the wrestling room right here at West Point. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's an easy answer. You set me up for that one. Um, and uh, I guess the second thing I'm supposed to say is like at home with my family. But uh, the 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 reality of it is, um, I mean, the Hudson Valley's got everything somebody like me um, enjoys and everything that I need. So like. I mean, I live a minute away from the golf course, so that's one of my favorite spots. Um, you know, it, within a 15-minute drive of my house, I mean, there's, uh, you know, a, what is it, 20,000 or so acres that you can go hunt, and you can hunt pretty much every season um, here, you know, through um, spring, fall, and winter. Um, you know, so I enjoy – I like being outdoors. I enjoy outdoor activities. I like the hiking. I like the hunting. I like the golf. Um, so the Hudson Valley for me has like everything that I could possibly want. Um, it's a really cool place. We're only 50 miles from Manhattan, but you would never know it while you're here. You know, like mm -hmm. you, you remember driving through Garrison, you're like, yeah. there's hey, like, and there's a little train station there. You like, if you blink, you'll, you'll miss the train station, but you hop on that train an hour later, you're in Grand Central Terminal. Um, so we're like, at the, we're at the perfect location of access to the biggest city in the country. That's, you know, an hour away or you know, a slower pace of life up here in the Valley where we're at. It's a pretty cool location. And you're nestled pretty well. I mean, obviously New Jersey and Pennsylvania are both pretty close um, to, to West Point. You know, you mentioned like it's a, it's a beautiful area. I actually worked in Ossining. Like you said, you, you jump on a train and you're, you're right there. I mean, I remember going down to beat the streets event back when Yanni beat uh, Bajarang, right? And it yeah. was just qu quick little uh, trip down there on a, on a pl or train and, and to watch some wrestling. So that was, it's a great, I mean, you're a great location for anything you really want down there. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. We're lucky to be here. Well, one thing you guys don't have is Wegmans. Um, has Scott Green's love for Wegmans rubbed off on you? You know, like I'm, what is a Wegmans? I've never heard of this place before. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm teasing, obviously. No, um, I don't, I don't think he's drugged me to a Wegmans yet. And now it's not that he doesn't talk about it every single day. Um, but, uh, listen, I just want at some day to build a brand where I have at least one fan as passionate as for army wrestling as he is for Wegmans grocery stores. It's incredible. Oh, <laughs> uh, I like, he even read like Web Wegmans, like core values to the team, you know, as an example of how to build a culture. I mean, the guy is completely bought in and, um, listen, I'm sure when I go there, I'm going to be a believer too. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's too funny, man. Um, that guy will make whatever hours long trip it takes to get to the closest Wegmans. And if he's recruiting you and you are within an hour of a Wegmans, I promise you he is stopping either on the way to your house or on the way home before he gets back here. <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely tweets about Wegmans a lot. And uh, that's he's, he's a passionate guy for them. 
Um, but yeah, so like I said, you guys wrestle in two months. Um, if anybody wants to check that out, you know, the, the schedule, your guys' schedule's up. I know some Division One programs still don't have their schedule up, but like I said, you guys host Oregon State and LIU uh, two months from now, November 6th. Be sure to check that out. Coach, I appreciate you for jumping on for Episode 66 of More Wrestling Podcast. Dylan, it's been my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. I love to talk Army wrestling and uh, and all things wrestling, and uh, we really enjoyed doing that with you. Um, appreciate your listeners. Appreciate your support. Go Army. Go Army, beat Navy. Peace out.